You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us. That's you and I. That's us. He causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It's Tuesday. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us. Listen, I want you to tag a friend. Let them know that we're on. You can get us on Facebook. You get us on YouTube. And I want you to start transitioning over to Mike Moore Ministry. Good to have you with us, Venus. Oh, Venus is with us on Facebook. Victoria, Ponchi, Felicia. Good to have you on YouTube. Adrian on YouTube. Evelyn. Good to have you back, Evelyn. Winnie King. Good to have you, Marion. Hey, girl. Got B. Jackson. Got... Look, we got a bunch of folk, Thelma and and Leanna, and I think we got Tanjala and Nikki, and oh, good to have you with us today. Hey, Deborah, good to have you with us today. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have a good time in the Word. This is our, our uh, podcast. It's a, it's a Bible study, and we're teaching from the subject, God wants you to be rich. Now, I believe, and in fact, I've felt led of the Spirit uh, the last few months that I have here as the lead pastor faith chapel to start sharing some things that really changed my life. And this series I'm sharing on uh, Tuesday, my podcast, and then the companion series, The God of Abundance, I'm sharing on Thursdays. Listen, this is some good stuff. It transformed my life, transformed many uh, members of my church. And listen, it will transform your life. God wants you to be rich. This is our sixth lesson. Lesson one, we wanted to establish the will and give a Bible definition of the word rich. Because sometimes when you mention from a spiritual or Christian standpoint, uh, something like God wants you to be rich to some people's ears. It sounds like a gimmick. It sounds like a game. And, but listen, I wanted you to understand what the Bible means by rich. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God wants you to have an abundance to live an abundance to give. And that's really what the Bible means when it says rich. We also talked in lesson two about individuals in the Bible that God made rich. In lesson three and lesson four, we talked about the assassins of God's plan. You have to watch out for those assassins. And in our last lesson, we began to talk the why question, the, the, the purpose question. Why does God want believers to be rich. I wanted to introduce it. I didn't get into the specifics in lesson five. We wanted to talk about a divine pattern and how God always puts his children first. And I wanted you to see that in scripture. Well, I'm going to get in some specifics now. We're talking purpose. 
why God wants you, believer, to be rich and to live a rich life. There, the, from a specific standpoint, there are three primary reasons that we're going to look at in, in the next three sessions. Number one, God wants you to be rich because you are his child. Number two, God wants you to be rich because he wants you to be in a position and to be ready to finance the gospel and God's work in the earth. And then thirdly, God wants you to be rich because he wants you to give support to the poor. He wants you to be a channel of blessing to alleviate poverty in the earth and help people to get back on their feet and you can do it. And God will supply everything you need to do it. Now, this first reason, because you're his child, we're going to discuss today. Some Christians, and here's, here's what I'm learning to do, to try to not judge people based off their belief system. Some Christians, I'm talking about genuinely saved people, they have an aversion to teaching on prosperity and material wealth and material things. If that's you, I have no judgment for you because you've got to live out your value system and you've got to honor God based off your own beliefs and values. So I have nothing negative to say about you. I will say this, this lesson today, you, if you have this thing or this belief that we shouldn't talk prosperity, material prosperity is false doctrine. Listen, then you want to hop off this one, you know, I would just hop off this lesson and then pick back up in the next lesson. Because if you're a believer, surely you believe that God wants us to be in a position to finance his work in the earth. Just jump back on because I want to help you. See, I don't want to anger you. And this lesson today will anger you, especially if you have an aversion. You just think that that's materialistic. So I, I don't want to anger you. I want to support you. I want to help you. I'm not saying cut me off, cut the podcast off. I'm saying just hop off this one, come back on the next one, because I don't want to anger you because I'm going to get into some things that I believe has been a great blessing to me. Now, I had to renew my mind to the truth. I was struggling from a financial material standpoint, and you can go across the board. I had to get in the word, renew my mind to the fact that God wasn't opposed to me having material things. I also learned the key to releasing your faith for a house or for a car or for furniture or for vacation or uh, whatever it is that's personal then the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, this is the confidence 
that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, then he would hear us. And then if we could get God to hear us, then the Bible said we have the things that we were asking for. So I realized early that I had to find it in the word. And I discovered that everything that I needed and desired that was consistent with the godly life was in the word. It was in the word. I mean, in the Bible, it was found in the Bible that God was concerned about me personally. So I'm not going to be teaching about giving to the needy. We'll talk about that very soon. I'm not going to talk about financing the kingdom. I'm not talking about giving to the local church. I'm not going to talk about tithing. I'm not talking about any of that. All that's important, we'll cover it. But I want to talk about your personal needs and desires that are consistent with a godly life. I believe that God wants you to be rich for you personally. And I won't back off of that. I believe that you're his child and God wants to bless you. Now, let's talk about it. God wants you to be rich. And number one, we're talking about because you are his child. Let's go to the word. Let's see what the word has to say. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, good to have you with us, Jewel and Daphne and Cynthia Felicia, good to have you with us, James. Good to have you with us, Punchy. Now, listen, Matthew 7, verse 9 through 11, it says, you parents, this is the New Living Translation, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, so your child come and ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If they ask for a fish or a fish sandwich, Would you give them a snake? Of course not, the New Living Translation says. So if you sinful people, human, natural individuals, know how to give good gifts to your children, now watch this. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, if you're born again, then God is your heavenly father. I mean, really, I mean, in reality, I believe that God is my heavenly father, that he's my daddy. If you're born again, he's your daddy. Now, remember that. Now, listen at this. First Timothy chapter six, verse 17. This is a text that we've looked at in our prior lessons. It says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God. Now, here, here we go. Who giveth us, believers, children, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, let's look at the word richly because I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement. The word richly means abundantly. It means copiously, and it means lavishly, lavishly. So the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, that God gives us richly, abundantly, copiously, lavishly, all things to 
enjoy, not give away. Now we'll talk about that. Not give away. He gives us all things to enjoy. I had to renew my mind to the fact that God was personally concerned about me. And of course he is. If it's true that he's our father, any good father is concerned about the well-being of his children. So here's a statement. It's a mind renewal statement. God, your father, wants you, believer, to live and enjoy a lavish lifestyle. I'm going to say that again. God, your father. Now, remember, I respected your right to not believe this way. I respected your right to not believe this way. But I had to renew my mind, and I'm trying to renew your mind. God, your father, wants you to enjoy a lavish lifestyle. Lavish lifestyle. Now, how do you know that, Mike? How do you know that God wants us to live a lavish lifestyle? I know it personally because God spoke it to me. I keep a journal. And the things that God speaks to me, I'll write it in the journal, and then I will uh, date it when he gave it to me, and I will put the time frame so I can go back and rehearse it in my mind. So I know God wants me, and I, I, I don't believe I'm special. I believe that all of his children are special. I believe it because God said it. God said to me that he wanted me to live a lavish lifestyle. But I believe God wants you to live a lavish lifestyle. So I had to find it in the word. I wanted to go to the word and see that in the word. So what does a lavish lifestyle include? You can't... Believe beyond what the word says. You you can't release faith for something that you're not sure God wants you to have. I understand that. So let's talk specifics. Let's talk about housing. Let's talk about furnishings and decoration for the house. Let's talk about transportation. Let's talk about food. Let's talk about clothes. Let's talk about vacations. Let's talk about lands. You say those are in the Bible? Absolutely. It's all in the word. The word is the answer. Now, let's talk about housing. What does a lavish lifestyle include? It would include housing. Now, listen at this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 12. And I want you to go back and meditate on these. Verse 12 in the uh, King James Version. God here is speaking to his people, Israel, and he's telling them what he wants them to experience in the promised land, the land that he promised them. He says in prior verses that I'm going to take you into a good land, and he says it's going to be a land where you lack nothing, a land of no scarcity. Then he started talking about housing. He says, less, this is Deuteronomy 8, 12, 
lest when thou hast eaten it are full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. Now notice he says, when you get in that land, you're going to build goodly houses. That's in the word. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 12. He said goodly houses. Well, you know how I am. I'm going to study it out. I want to know what goodly means. And I discovered that goodly means beautiful, fine, and best. Now, this is what he's saying to his people. He's saying this to his people. He says that when you get in the land, he said, I got some houses for you that are goodly houses beautiful, fine, and best. If you read the same text, you read the same verse, Deuteronomy 8, 12, in the New King James Version, he said, beautiful houses. They're going to be beautiful houses, and you'll live in them. The NIV translation says, fine houses. Think about it. Why is God so specific on how they live because he cares about his people. He cares about them. He didn't want them to live in huts. He didn't want them to live in shacks. He didn't even want them to live in tents. Tents is a temporary dwelling. He wanted them to have houses, but not just a house, not just any kind of house. He wanted them to have a fine house, a beautiful house, a nice house, the best house. I thought to myself, why does it matter? Why why is he so specific? Because he cares. He cared about where they lived. Now, that began to renew my mind because I started thinking if he wanted them to have a fine, beautiful house, he wanted them to live in the best house, then I realized that I could. And at the time, I wasn't living in a really nice house. No, I was living below God's standard, but I was renewing my mind. And I don't care where you're living right now. God wants you to live in a beautiful, fine house. That's the Bible. Okay, I'm talking to believers today. I've already said to you, if you have an aversion to this kind of teaching, you don't like this, don't let me anger you. Jump back on there when I get over to giving to the needing, giving to the gospel. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about you. God wants you to live in a really nice house, not just an average house. Now, watch this. In in the King James Version, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11, and I've mixed faith with all these and have received. Now, watch this. He said, when you get in that land, this Deuteronomy 6, verse 11, he says that I'm going to give you houses full of all good things, which thou feeleth not. He said, houses which thou feeleth not. So now he's not talking just about the house, but he's talking about things in the house. He's talking about furniture. He's talking about uh, he's talking about decorations in the house. He doesn't just want you to have a nice house and you have nothing in the house. Now watch this. He says, you're going to have houses full of all good things which thou feeleth not. And then I looked up the word good things, and the word good things mean things that go well with, things that go well with your house. He wants you to have things that go well with your house. Now watch this. The good 
God's word translation, God's word translation of Deuteronomy 6 verse 11 says, your houses will be filled with all kinds of things that you didn't put there. Now, don't be arguing with me. This is already proven in my own personal life. There are many people in my church have stood on the word and they're living in nice houses right now. And if you live, if you keep listening, God will take you on to another house, to a better house, because he can afford it. God can afford it. Now, listen at this. The Message Bible, Deuteronomy 6, verse 11, says he'll bless you with well-furnished houses you didn't buy. Well-furnished houses that you didn't buy. And then the New Century Version, New Century Version, Deuteronomy 6, 11, says he's going to bless you with houses full of good things that you did not buy. In other words, he said, now I'm going to give you some houses. And then he said, I'm going to bless you with some furniture and I'm going to bless you with some decorations and I'm going to bless you with some things that you didn't even pay for. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11. So we see he wants you to have a nice house. He wants you to have nice things in the house. And let's talk about transportation. You say, oh, my goodness, you can't be. Well, all I know is I saw it in the word. I mixed faith with it. And God blessed me with what I was believing for. And I can, I, can, I can give you a host of people in my church that have taken these same scriptures, stood on them, according to your faith, be it unto you. So, well, I don't believe that. Well, okay, we're good. We are good. I am your friend. I am here to encourage you to build up your faith. Now, look what it says in Psalms 45, verse 4, in the King James Version. If you read up to verse 1 and come down to verse 4 is talking about the, the talking about a king and how a king operates how a king operates and then in verse 4 Psalms 45 4 talking about transportation he says in your majesty ride prosperously in your majesty king ride prosperously in your majesty king ride prosperous and i saw in that and i looked up the words ride prosperly and it literally means to ride on an animal or in a vehicle i also discovered from revelations 1 6 that i was a priest and a king if you are a believer then you are a priest and a king and the scripture says king ride prosperously and you got a choice if you if you're gonna ride on an animal get you a good animal get get you a good animal if you're gonna ride in a vehicle then you want a good vehicle you want to ride prosperously and prosperity is relative for some people they they want a mercedes other folks, they don't want a Mercedes. They want a truck. They, others want an SUV. Whatever it is you desire, God wants you to have that. Ride prosperous. Make sure it's prosperous. You don't want a toot toot. God doesn't want his children in a car driving around and it's leaking oil and, and you got to keep putting oil in it. God wants you to ride prosperously. You said, you're telling me 
I can stand on this scripture and believe God for a car or SUV or some other kind of transfer. I am absolutely saying it. And I am saying that I personally have stood on this. Te- you said, well, that's not talking about that. Well, God must have missed it then because he sure blessed me with it. And he blessed other folk with it, too. So he must have missed it. It's in the word. Let's talk about food. You know, you, you, you see Christians a lot of times. Now, I know we got to grow. And I know, and I'm not talking about you going out. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Barbara. Good to, hey, Rita. Hey, hey, good to see y'all here. Listen, I'm not talking about going out and charging stuff and and filling your credit cards up and all kinds of I'm not dealing with that. I'm saying we can take the word and we can mix faith with the word and receive it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not anybody got good credit can go out and charge up stuff and try to impress people. I'm not even dealing with that. I am showing you God is your father. So if he's your father, and you need housing, he wants you to have it. He wants you to have a nice house. If you need transportation, he wants you to have it. He's your father. If you need furniture in the house, I'm saying you can stand on the word and believe for that because he's concerned about that. I want my children, my natural children, to live and enjoy a prosperous, successful life. And I want it to be as nice as possible. Because I'm a father. He's our heavenly father, and he wants you to live a prosperous life. So many Christians, they go in the grocery store, and they can't afford this, and they like to have this, and I wish I could this, but this is too expensive. And the interesting thing about it is much of the time, the healthy foods cost a lot. So we end up getting the food that are cheaper, but it's not as nutritional. Now, listen at this. Let's talk about food. Psalms 81, verse 13 through 16 in the New King James Version, Psalms 81, 13 through 16. It says, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, he said, oh, I wish my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest wheat, also honey from the rock. I was satisfied. He said, God said, now, oh, if my people would just listen to me. He said, my people listen to me. He said, I'll deal with the enemies. I'll deal with the haters. He said, and then I will give them the finest wheat. That's food. He's not talking about spiritual. He's not talking about the word. This is an agrarian society. He said, I'll give them the finest wheat, and then I'll give them honey out of the rock if they would just listen to me. Now, listen at this. The word finest, finest wheat means the richest choice, best part. Richest choice, best part. So the, the Bible in basic English, the Bible in basic English translation says, I will give them the best grain for food, and you will be full of honey from the rock. Now, the finest wheat was pure wheat. Now, watch this. It was wheat that they could make the best bread and other baked goods. It was wheat that would be tasty 
and nutritional. He wanted them, and he said, I'm going to give you honey out of the rock that speaks to the best pure honey. Bees will sometimes uh, uh, manufacture the honey in the rocks, and it will be pure, pure white honey, rich honey. And this honey was both nutritional, uh, had nutritional value, but it also was tasty. In other words, tasty, pleasurable, and also nutritional. Listen, God wants you to eat well. He wants you to eat good food, nutritional food. That may cost a little more, but he can afford it. And then he wants you to eat that which is pleasurable. Think about the Christian. Can't go to this restaurant. Can't go to this restaurant. Can't afford to go over here. Listen, I'm not bragging. I can eat in any restaurant in this city, any restaurant in most cities. I don't even think about it. Well, it was a time I had to eat at Quincy's. There was a time I had to eat in those and where they had that food line where you can pick all the different things because, you know, I didn't have the money to eat at these places. I'm not saying go out and charge it and try to do that. I'm saying you can believe to a point where you get up to a place where you can go in any restaurant, you can eat any kind of food you want to eat, especially nutritional food, and you can afford it. I am just trying to elevate your faith. What about what about clothes? I know this personally. There was a time in my life I had a blue suit, I had a beige suit, and I was mixing my clothes together, trying to, you know, I was a pastor and a preacher, but I didn't have, and my wife said she felt so sorry for me. Sometimes I'll go to meet and other pastors, they were dressed all sharp. And, and I was believing one time for two pair of shoes for $50, two pair. I mean, I had to have my faith on everything. I mean, everything. I was believing for ties. I was believing for shirts. I was believing for this and I was believing for that. And my wife said, Mike, listen, why don't you just believe for one pair of shoes for $50? I would walk by Johnson and Murphy and look in the store. And I think those shoes were $150 uh, at the time. And I think, I don't know how, I, I'd be out on the outside of the window thinking, I don't know how in the world anybody could pay $150 for a pair of shoes. I just could not figure that out. Man, I was driving to work one day, had my Bible on a bus, going to work one day, had my Bible, and I got over into Matthew chapter 6, where verse 25, where it was talking about God cares for his people, and he was talking about the birds of the air, how he took care of them, and the lilies of the field, and then it says that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed, talking about clothes, talking about how Solomon in the scripture was decked out, he lived a decked out life. And it says, but the lilies were, were dressed better than Solomon. And then I got down to the 30 verse, Matthew 6, 30. And it says, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. I saw it. I saw it sitting on a bus, going to work. 
had no and I thought I had a money problem. I thought if I had some money, I could get me some clothes. I thought I had I didn't have a money problem. I had a vision problem. I had a faith problem because clothes was in the word. God said he would dress me sharper than the living. I believe that with all my heart. I start saying it, start saying it. Every time I get a little piece, I get a tie or I get a shirt, I will say I dress sharper than the living. And then my congregation, they start saying it. They picked it up. I start saying I dress sharper than the living. I didn't have much clothes, many clothes at that time, but I just stayed with the word. I found clothes was in the word. It was in the word. Listen, I'm telling you, this is the honest God truth. I got so many clothes now. We're putting carpet down on our on our floors right now. Right now, we're putting, and I had to clear out my closet. Listen, I'm not putting all them clothes back in that closet. I got so many clothes, I can't get to everything. I got so many shoes, I can't get to anything. It was in the word. God wanted me. I did not have a money problem. I had a faith problem. I had a vision problem. If you need clothes, you don't have a money problem. You have a faith problem, a vision. Clothes is in the word. And I also find vacations in the word. In Mark 6, 31, Jesus said to his disciples, come aside by yourselves to a desert place and rest a while. He talking about recreation. Message Bible, Mark 6, 31. Jesus said, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break and get a little rest. Take a break. That's what a vacation is. Vacate means to, root word is vacate. That means to leave work and rest and recreate. God wants you to have a vacation. It's in the word. That's Mark 6, 31. God, the first gift that God promised man was land. He gave Adam land. In Genesis 2, 11 through 12, there said a river flow in Eden to water Eden. And then it says that after it water Eden, it broke off into four rivers. And the first river was named Pishon. And it says this river, it watered the whole land of Havilah where there's gold and the goal of that land is good. One of the first gifts that God gave Adam was the land, real estate. All through the scriptures, God promised to give men land. He wants people to have property. He wants people to have real estate. It's in the word, Genesis 2, 11 through 12. Listen, you said, I just, it's hard for me to believe that. That is just too good to be true. All I can say is I mix faith with every last one of these scriptures and it's manifested in my life. All I can say is that there are many members of my church who did not have homes, did not have nice homes, but they believed God for them. They did not have transportation. They did not have nice strength, but they mixed faith with it and got it. All I'm saying to you is God wants your needs to be met, wants you to live a lavish lifestyle because you're his child. Now, I only have a few minutes. I only have a few minutes before I close. I got my uh, iPad here if you want to ask me any questions. But I need to talk about two things. And if you give me a few minutes, I may go over just five or five to seven minutes. I want you, I want to talk about inconsistencies and I want to talk about misconceptions, inconsistencies and misconceptions. Now, let's talk for a minute. It won't take me long to do this. 
I hope you're getting something out of this. Hey, Andrew, good to have you with us. Good to have you with us, Regina. Good to have you with us, MD. Now, I'm, I, I want to finish this up talking about inconsistency. Now, see, can you follow me? We can't say that God owns everything in the earth, because we say that. We said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. We said the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. We said that the silver and gold belongs to him. And we're not talking about spiritual things. We said the cattle on a thousand hills, it belongs to the Lord. The silver and the gold belong. These are material things. The earth is the Lord. We're talking about the physical things in the earth belong to God. We can't say God owns everything in the earth and God is love because the Bible said he is love. And at the same time, said that God doesn't want believers to have material wealth. We can't say that. That's an inconsistent. If, for example, I'm a father, I got two adult children. Let's say they're small kids. They can be adults because I want them to be a blessed as adult because I'm their dad. Let's say I'm a billionaire. And I said, and I love my children. I love them. It would be an inconsistent thing for me to have all this wealth and to love them and not want them to prosper. That does not make sense. It just does not register. We cannot say God is love and he owns everything, but he doesn't want his children to have anything. Another inconsistency. We can't accurately say that God desired material prosperity for the Jews only, but he only wants spiritual prosperity for Christians who are children. Yet there are many scholars says they agree. God in the scripture promised Israel, Jews, material wealth, but that is not his promise for his children, Christians. He does not promise us material wealth. Now, that's an inconsistency because Israel, the Jews, were not children of God. They were servants. That's inconsistent that God would want material prosperity for his servants, but he doesn't want material prosperity for his children. That's an inconsistency. Let's look as I close about misconceptions. And this is going to be very important. I hope you're getting some out of it. Just trying to renew your mind. Just trying to help you. I'm not going to talk about this every week. But so many people putting down this prosperity thing like it's some ungodly. So look at, listen to this, this misconception. There is a misconception in the church. And I'm challenging that today. There's a misconception in the church that having wealth and living a lavish lifestyle is materialism. I said that again. There is a misconception in the church because no one argues with an unbeliever an entertainer unbeliever, a superstar sports athlete that's an unbeliever, uh, a movie star unbeliever. No one has a problem with people being wealthy. It's in the church that we struggle with it. Now listen at this. 
It's a misconception that having wealth and living a lavish lifestyle as a believer is materialism. There are so many Christians, and, and Christians that love God now, just believe if I live a lavish lifestyle and have material wealth, then I'm materialistic. Now, listen at this. Here's my response. You can live a lavish lifestyle and not be materialistic. I'll say that again. You can live a lavish lifestyle and not be materialistic. You can live a lavish lifestyle and really love God and serve God and worship God and be on God's side. Now, follow me. Materialism, let's find out what this is and what it's not. Materialism is not having things because you have things doesn't make you materialistic. Okay, materialism is not having an abundance of things. Just because you have an abundance of things and lavish things, nice cars, nice houses, whatever you want to put in that lavish lifestyle, that doesn't mean you're materialistic. Now, listen at this. Materialism is not enjoying physical comforts and convenience. Some people think if you got physical comforts, because this should be hard. God doesn't want you to be comfortable. He doesn't want you to live in a, in a house that has a lot of technology in it and make it easy for you. And he doesn't want you to dress real well because that's materialism. No, materialism, here's two definitions for you. Materialism is the tendency to consider material possessions more important than spiritual values. When you consider material possessions is more important than spiritual values, that's materialism. Because what happens in that setting, you're going to spend all your time trying to get things and you're not going to make your spiritual life a priority. That's materialism. And I'm saying you can have material things and still make your spiritual life a priority. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Secondly, materialism is trying to meet a spiritual need with a material thing. That's what materialism is trying to meet a spiritual need, something that only God can meet. You're trying to meet it with a spiritual thing. And that would be peace. You're trying to get peace by having more things, or you're trying to get joy by having more things, or you're trying to get security by having more things, or you're trying to get direction and purpose by having more things. You're trying to meet a spiritual need, a need that only God can meet with a material thing. And that is materialism. And that's why sometimes people become very wealthy and commit suicide. Very wealthy and they're very unhappy and depressed and suicidal. Why? Because they have tried to meet a spiritual need 
that only God can meet with the material thing. That's materialism. And I am saying you don't have to do it. You can have plenty of things. You can have an abundance of things and still love God. I have more now, and I'm going to close with this. I have more now in my life, a better house, better cars, better clothes. I have more money than I've ever had. And I love God more now than I did early in my life. And that is the absolute truth. I am saying that you don't have to choose one or the other. What you don't want to do is put the material above the spiritual. That's all. That's all. That's all. And if you understand that and your motive and you're going to be seeking God, his purpose and his plan, you're going to be seeking to please him, what he wants, then God will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I'm talking about in a material way. And I'm going to prove that later on in, in the scriptures. Now, listen, I'm teaching on the God abundance on, on Thursday, 7 p.m. You can uh, central time. Listen, it's a companion series. I want to renew your mind. And I trust it's been a blessing for you. But we're not through. We're not through. We're going to talk about financing the kingdom in our next session. I love you. And I thank you for spending this time with me. Thank mm-hmm. you.